0: Welcome back to another edition of the Dump and Chase podcast. We got our boy Showtime Otani absolutely shattering records down in L.A. We got a preview of the PGA Championship down in St. Louis with our golf guru who's down to his last straw, Matt Ostick. Football is back. We have a full hour-long episode featuring our fantasy football guru, Charlie Hayes, live in studio today. He'll be our first live guest ever. Uh, We'll give a rundown. Sleepers, bus, dark horse, biggest question marks. You name it, we got it. Our locked bets of the week and our dump and chase. Mighty Ducks, Goldberg. Here we go. Yeah,
1: that's right. This cut goes out to all y'all. That's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right. He's got a game. If man is the father of the son, is the center of the earth, in the middle of the universe, then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but i write him like such. Words. All right, what's going on,
2: Evie? Welcome back. What's going Welcome on? Back. What's going on? Uh, we're back for another week here. Like Evan said, we got quite the rundown. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the PGA preview, but today's highlight is our fantasy football talk. Um, actually, I have live in studio Charlie Hayes. Chuck, say what up to the boys? How's it going, fellas? Uh, He will be joining us later for our fantasy football segment. But, Evan, let's jump right into it. Our boy, Showtime Otani. Guy has no quit in him, man.
0: No, he went through a slight – I mean, he's our boy, so we're not going to knock him. He went through a little bit of a dry spell for about six or seven games, but he picked up right where he left off a few weeks back. Uh, Like we said, breaking records. Uh, He hit two bombs the other night to put him at 11 total on the year – he became the first pitcher since Babe Ruth nearly 100 years ago to have multiple wins as a starting pitcher as well as 10-plus home runs. Uh, we've been all over this guy all year. What what can't he do?
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's hitting dingers. He hasn't taken his foot off the gas since, uh, you know, the start of the season. Minor little hiccup there with the injury. Uh, they're getting him back into the rotation, too. He's going to get some bullpen time. Um, hopefully we see him back on the mound now. Yeah. Um, as a two-way player, like like we like to see. Yeah, it's been over a
0: month since he's actually taken taken the bump, but uh, they're not going to rush into things. They're not really in contention to make the playoffs. We already proposed our trade last week for Trout. We'd like to maybe see Showtime take over as the the lone star down in LA. Maybe build around him instead of Trout because clearly that hasn't been working. Um, <laughs> yeah, they going to have to pay the guy too, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, you got to throw the kitchen sink at Showtime if if you're the Angels. But how about how about uh, the Angels? A little more dysfunction. Mike Scotia, there was a report saying that he's going to step down at the end of the year, and then the next morning he comes out and says, "That's fucking bullshit. I never said that." Uh, so they got some, they got some more dysfunction going down there, uh, in, in, down south in LA. But yeah, what a, what a, what a weekend for Showtime. Yeah, tip of the cap to him. Um, but let's kind of move in here. We know this is our fantasy football edition, but we we can't we can't skip out on the final major. Uh, The uh, PGA season, we got the PGA Championship down at Bellarive in St. Louis. Uh, The course isn't really up to standards, but uh, we got a quick little interview we're going to jump to with our golf guru. who's on his last straw, Matt Ostick. All
2: right, we'd like to welcome back on our golf guru, Matt Ostick. Matty, what's going on? What's going on, boys? How we doing? Um, Look, Matt, this... You know what, looking back on some of your past picks is very well could be your last go at the golf guru here. (laughs) We put a lot of trust and faith into you, brother. And uh,
0: haven't haven't seen the results we were hoping for. We're going to need more out of you, Matt. We got you at the door trying to get on this podcast. Uh, You had a pretty, pretty subpar showing at the British Open as well as the U.S. Open. We're going to need
2: a little bit more out of you. Hey, third time's a charm, though.
3: Hey, you know what, I will say this. My master's pick. They weren't terrible. The other two were, were pretty Matt, bad.
2: Matt, we're,
0: gonna, we're just going <laughs> to stop you there. That was back in uh, However,
3: no, let me finish. My, no, like, my, my course... How
0: this, you don't dictate how the interviews
3: run. We do. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're on your last straw here. No, uh, no. I, I agree. My, my, hold on. Hey, I, I do agree. My picks have been subpar. However, uh, I, I have been right about how the tournament's going to play. So, if you need a course design guru and my picks aren't the right right way, then uh, I think that's, it. that's where All we go. Right, well, speak,
0: speak, speaking of being a
3: course guru here, 2018 PGA
0: Championship kicking off in Belle Reve County Country Club. Uh, what
3: is the course looking like? What are the weather conditions looking like? And, and how does it set up going into to Thursday? Morning? Um, the course is setting up pretty, pretty weird, actually, to be honest. They've had a tough summer in St. Louis. Uh, very, very hot summer. So the grass, um, to be honest, is uh, around the greens is not growing in. So the r- the greens are a little rough. They're going to be really slow just because they are rough. Probably going to roll around the British Open speeds at, at about 10 on the stint meter, they say. For measure, that's, okay. the U.S. opens about 13 on the stint meter. So in your annual, every day, PGA t- Tournament is probably around 11 or 12. So they are going to be slow greens. Um, so that, that means it's going to be low scoring. Low scoring will win this week, I bet. So so would you say this course sets up more for, for like, a bomb
0: hitter, you know, like a, like a JT or a DJ, or, or who who does this course set up really
2: well for? Yeah,
3: um, I think this course sets up really well for, yeah, a bomber, um, a good iron player, and so um, someone like JT will will be there at the end. Um, I think Ricky will, will have a good week. He's been struggling a bit lately. Hopefully he has a good week. Um, however, I think this this week we'll go to Rory McIlroy. That's gonna be my pick. I like that. So your pick, your are picking Rory this. I'm weekend? picking Rory this weekend. That's that's my pick. So Rory's
2: Rory's been good Sorry. off soft soft courses. Bellarive is said to be wet, soggy. Like you said, the greens are a little burnt out. But you know what, Matt? It's 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 gonna be still a great PGA. Uh, maybe not the best course, but we know courses don't define majors. It's all in the players. Um, who who your top top two to win it on Sunday?
3: Um, top two to win it on Sunday. Like I said, Rory's gonna be there, um, and then I really I really really think that um, Justin Thomas will be there in the end again, um, competing with Rory. That was final group last weekend. Rory chose on Sunday, but um, I think I think he's gonna be there on uh, Sunday. And I'm not even a big Rory guy, but I think he will be.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Rory as well. I think he'll be, you know, he'll finish in the top 10. I don't necessarily think he's going to win it, but just, you know, Justin Thomas is there to defend the, de- defend the title from a year ago as well as last week. He had a pretty good showing there on the weekend. Uh, but I'm going to actually say that I think that Justin Thomas is going to win it, and I think another one that will be right there with him will be Jordan Spieth. I think just those two are – are going to be there when it's all said and done. I know Spieth's kind of struggled as of late, and he also choked at the uh, the, the, the second-to-last. Uh, those two coming down to the wire uh, on Sunday will will definitely duke it out to, to claim the, uh, the championship. Yeah, I mean,
3: if Jordan does win it, he completes the career grand slam. Um, I think he'd only be right, fifth, right. so, fifth or sixth to do so. So that'd be it. Yeah, I believe it. Was, yeah, believe that'd it be that'd be pretty sweet. I'm a big speed guy, but he's been struggling as of plate, But it'd be cool to see him come out of the woodwork. Yeah, I know. So,
0: I know it's weird. It's weird seeing him struggle on Sunday. No, I it agree. Sense, I but, agree. But but who is your dark horse candidate? Who do you have? Kind of you know, not necessarily in the top fifteen, uh, possibly even outside the top twenty. Who do you have
2: that guy could sneak up and feeding off that? I was going to say, who's going to be outside the top ten? 15 guys after Thursday and Friday and make a move on Saturday to, to be? Um, Sunday. I
3: would have to say Kevin Kisner is going to be there on Sunday. Um, he'll be right around there. The guy's a beauty. I don't know if you've heard stories of him, but um, because you I've don't heard stories. Well I don't know him well, but the guy just seems like a beauty from the stories. Um, so that's, that's kind of my dark, I mean, not really dark, but kind of dark horse pick. I'd also have to say watch out this week for Jason Day. It's not really a dark horse pick, however, not a lot of people have been picking him as a late. Um, I think he'll, he'll be there on Sunday as well. For a dark, dark horse pick, um, if you want to win a little money, because I know you guys are a big money gambling podcast, um, you know, I'd, I'd really have to say, you know, say you want to throw a top five bet in there. I'd go Joaquin Neiman. The guy's a young stud. Um. So I'd I'd maybe go him. Can you
2: say that name again?
3: Joaquin. Who, who did you Who did you say is a youngster? Joaquin Neiman. he was. Uh, Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, he heard it here first. Dumping chase. Okay. Um. So I think he'll he'll have a good week. Kevin, and I think he'll have a good week. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a good PGA Championship.
0: Well, as always, Maddie. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. We, uh, we really hope that your picks are dialed and the course plays as, as you made it sound like it will. Uh, looks like there will be some decent weather for the weekend, but uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate Sweet. it. Thanks, boys.
2: That interview was brought to you by Lakeview Bank. Lakeview Bank is proud of their tradition of charitable service and giving. They also know the need continues to grow. We need to do more. We can do more. For more than 14 years, Lakeville Bank has provided community service and local banking by doing well and doing good. In other words, they believe in positive correlation between giving back to our communities and serving for long-term financial success. Evan, uh, we're, we're really hoping that Maddie can hang on um, as our golf guru. Yeah. But let's just, we didn't touch about it too much. Let's talk about our picks real quick. Uh, who do you got winning it? Kind of a, like we, said a dark horse who could kind of make a run on it come saturday sunday yeah i like i kind of mentioned in our interview i like dj
0: and i like jt both bomb hitters i actually i don't like him at all it's been known on this podcast i actually hate justin thomas but as well as he's playing right now heading into st louis after winning last weekend he's the reigning champ i'm gonna pick justin thomas i think at the end of the day he's playing the best golf right now He's playing very consistent and you know the last few weekends he's been pretty pretty solid he's been in contention so I'm gonna take Justin Thomas uh, his, his odds are 14 to one right now but that's that's who I got winning.
2: okay I like that pick who, who do you see making a run for it and sort of your underdog choice I I guess in a way I like Patrick Cantley he's he had a pretty
0: decent showing at the open uh, if, if his putting is dialed he can be
2: right there come Sunday. Maybe even in the final pairing, he's but absolutely ridden Tommy Fleetwood the last two turnings. Yeah, You're but right? he's, are you he's, giving up on him? I mean, I, I read okay. a stat today. He's had the most money thrown at him thus far yep, leading up to the yep, tournament. Yep, and you know what? I was talking with uh, Matt
0: off off the set, but this is what I've taken: Tommy Fleetwood during the year, when he's not in the spotlight in the final couple pairings, he does unbelievable. He shot a dash seven on Friday last weekend. What what happens? He's Tied for second in the final pairing on Saturday, and he, and he shoots a plus four. He, when he gets him. on the spotlight, he doesn't do well. So I'm not I'm not going to pick him into a major, especially not the PGA Championship right now. He is really good. He's obviously one of my favorite players right now, but I, I just can't pick him. That's why I'm taking taking JT. But um, I got JT, and then my dark horse is Patrick Cantlay. <laughs>
2: Okay, good picks. Um, I want to go – I'm going outside the top 10 for my picks. I'm staying away from the big dogs we've been talking about. Uh, I really like the play of Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. Uh, these guys have both been right there. Two guys who kind of are on the brink of greatness in the golf world. Uh, neither of them are, are listed real high. 30-1 to 1 with Finau and Xander Shoffley at 50-1. I'm to just – I can't go – so, so someone out of that top ten, I think, is going to take it. So I'm going to yeah. ride the, the two hot hands in Finau and Shoffley. My dark horse, though, don't like him at all, and I think he's got some quirky going on in his head. But Bryson DeChambeau, the no, science you, man. Oh my! Don't even get um, started on that tool. He's he's a tool. I hate the fucking style he he's has. The, biggest tool the hat, in tool shed. He, and that's an understatement. Has, all his clubs are the same length. I fucking hate it. He's got a small, um, but chef. I'm not going to get too deep into the Ryder Cup rosters. But this is one of his last chances of making that. Yeah. He's been playing average to above average golf lately. So my dark horse, I'm going Deschamps. He's not even on our list here yeah. with his I, money line. I, I like those picks a lot, uh, especially
0: you but. Quick sidebar here. Have you ever looked at that fucker's feet? Who, you know, no, when Dude have you has seen his feet. Dude has when he's putting on the putting dude has <laughs> fucking boats for shoes, skis. I'm talking it's got he's got to have size 15 feet. So you're telling me the wet soggy course is going to play it's right, gonna into play his right in his It's going to play right in him. It's it's he's going to he's he's like I said he's got boats on his feet. He's going to smooth sail across that green. We know that the the fringe and leaning up to the green is not in the greatest condition. I think that plays right to his hands. I can't
2: believe that. I didn't even I'm, – I'm sticking with JT, but you up. stole that. Yeah, I like that pick. Absolute steal of a pick. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, sucks because it's the last major of the year, but we do have – is it a Ryder Cup it year? It is a Ryder so Cup year, baby. We still got more golf come September. Best, hey. uh, let's jump into our fantasy football talk, though. We're going to welcome on in studio Charlie Hayes. Charlie. Chucky, what's going get on? Get in here.
4: It's good to be here, boys. Heard, first, a, lot of, heard first, a lot about the pod. First ever –
2: guest live in studio. Yeah, quite the honor, but let's let's jump right into it. Um Charlie's our, our fantasy guru. He's had some success in his prior fantasy seasons. Uh also played, was a standout wideout for augustana Uh Go Vikings, Go Vikings, go. But where do you want to start I Evan? Let's talk the best players at each position. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll, we'll lead this off. Charlie, uh best players at each position. Who do you who do you see as as your top
0: top five quarterbacks, uh, in order for, for a fantasy football purpose, not necessarily what they do on the field. We're talking PPR. We're talking PPR. We're
4: talking PPR. PPR. I think it's obvious. You got to go with Tom Brady. He's there. Um, Is that your number one? Tim and Rogers at this point, it's, it's yin and yang. You can't go wrong with either. It's just who do you think to be more consistent throughout the year, throw more touchdowns, um,
2: do you like Brady adding Decker then? Do you like that? Yeah. accusation? Uh, smoke you know what, show wife. It's, it's playing
4: right into the Patriot way. You it know, is. it's Tom's familiar. You know, it's just another body out there doing his job.
0: I mean, yeah, like at the end of the day, Tom's gonna find his receivers. This is probably arguably his worst ever receiving core that he's had in his what. Did they is not this, say that this last year? This was is this Gronk, when
2: Gronk was injured. Fifty second season in the league, I believe.
0: it's gonna be his worst receiving core ever. Um, but obviously he's who's their deep, deep threat. On arguably the, deep? the best to ever do it. Their deep threat. They don't even need a deep threat. Tom Brady <laughs> just checks it down, fucking every play. He'll just uh, he'll just dish man. it. He'll just chuck it down to little fucking Sony Michelle, and he'll just run for forty and a tutty. All right, running backs. Chuck who's who's at the top of the list? No, hold on, go back. Oh Brady, yeah, some shit. Okay. backs. We'll cut that. that um, yeah, but <laughs> like who, who's so you got Rodgers and Brady, or ying and yang. But now it kind of gets a little toss up here. Who do you have three through five?
4: That's where it gets a little dicey. There's there's personal preference with how how much you you think Cam Newton's gonna gonna play this year. Um, you know he, it's something. He's just he he takes a beating. Um, going on, it's Russell Wilson. He's always up there. Drew Brees. You got a guy like Michael Thomas with that backfield. It's it's yeah. hard to go wrong with him. You know they're gonna be they're gonna be putting up a lot of points. Arguably the best offense in the league. Um, Carson Wentz. He's another guy. He's coming back off the ACL. Um, that's an offense that's proven. Yeah. So you, you think he's ready to go week one? It's going to depend. I mean, they don't clearly have a, a bad backup. Yeah. So that's it's all up to how they want to start the year.
0: Okay. I mean, there's a lot of talk. I, I'll kind of jump into mine. I have Rodgers as the clear number one. Um, you know, it, we didn't get to see much of him last year. Obviously, shout out Anthony Barr, but. He's going to obviously come back. He's already calling out, you know, his practice squad players. He's calling out the weapons that he has. I mean, Cobb and Adams are still unbelievable receivers. And whether they're going to be there or not, best back throw quarterback, back throw shoulder quarterback to ever do it. You know he's going to consistently put up 25 a week. But I don't even think I have Tom Brady at my number two. Uh, Just like we said, he's unbelievable, but he doesn't have that many weapons. They're still going to win a lot of games. They'll probably win at least 11 games this year. But I, I would have to say at my number two, I'm going to put Russell Wilson. He led the league in fantasy points last year. Uh, he did lose Richardson to Washington, but he still has Doug Baldwin. He's got he's got Baldwin. He's got Lockett. The offensive line, it needs to improve, but i I'm gonna, I, I got to put Russell Wilson at two. He's still elusive. He can get outside the pocket. He can do it with his feet. I'll take Wilson at two. Uh, I'll put Brady at three. He's still going to put up consistent 20, 25 points, and then give you those 30-point 30 de- those thirty-point point nights, especially at PPR. Uh, so with those three, but then like you said, it's kind of a toss-up. What, where will Cam be? Will, we, will he be able to keep running like he normally does? He's taken a beating over the past few years. I like Cam at four. I like Breeze at five. He kind of had a down year last year, just still a lot of weapons. Kamara, Ingram will be back after four
2: games. Michael Thomas. Gonna get a ton of balls. Um, I gotta chime in. I got two questions for Chuck. Uh, where do you? Were you not done? No. All right, keep going. Sorry. Fuck's sake. It was like a five a five b type thing. Okay. okay. Keep
0: talking. All right. So so twelve minutes. Sorry. So I got. All right. So he's he's gonna have weapons. Breeze at five, but it's like a five a five b type thing. I think Deshaun Watson, when he went down, he was leading the league in fantasy points at the at the position at quarterback weeks two through five. But D-Hop, just unbelievable. He got Fuller. Will Fuller, the deep threat. I mean, Lamar Miller can still catch passes. He can do it with his feet. So those right there are my five, six quarterbacks that, that are, are going to do it on a consistent basis if they can stay healthy.
4: See, that, that is surprising to me that you go, you go Russell Wilson at two there. And, that, and that's why I'm big on, on taking a quarterback late. You take Russell Wilson at two you're forced to sit through Seahawks games every Sunday of the year. Yeah. That's no offense. I know. You're not, no one's trying to do that. No,
0: shit. I know. But at the end of the day, from, from my past record, I did win a league last year and he was one of the purposes I did. He had 347.9 points last year, led the whole entire fantasy football in points. So, I mean, he takes care of the ball. No, are the Seahawks good? No, but at the end of the day, we're here to we're here to win a championship in fantasy. So, if I you have you. to sit through some Seattle Seahawks football games, that's it's what what's going to have to be done.
2: Chuck, what's your uh, Evan touched on it a little bit. But what's your Deshaun Watson take? Where do you see him falling? Is he worth the gamble coming off an injury? He put up massive points the games he did play. Where do you see him going?
4: I I think he's going to be just as highly touted, if not even more. He's got a healthy Wolf Fuller back. That's someone who is. Proving it at Notre Dame, came in. He's a big beat, deep threat receiver, so letting D hop open up the field. I mean, he that's you got all the weapons you need with those two guys. Yeah. He's he's someone Trey Hyde's gonna take in probably the second round. <laughs> I was just gonna so, say, who
2: in your league uh, is gonna go out and get him way way too early? He's an arguably <laughs> yeah. maybe a nine
4: ninth pick in the draft, he's taking him, but I yeah, Trey's picking nine, right? I
0: think so. Yeah, he's. I, if he doesn't go to Sean at nine, that's going to be surprising. But uh, who do you? Who are your top five quarterbacks?
2: Uh, my top five kind of fall in that same ballpark. I I will never take Aaron Rodgers because I can't physically cheer for the Packers on Sunday any day of the fucking week. Hate him. Uh, yeah, he's going to probably put up a shit ton of points if Anthony Barr doesn't absolutely sucker him again. Um, but with the whole fine rule,
3: don't, yeah.
2: don't expect it. But I like Russell Wilson right up there. Always been a TB12 guy. Uh, I think he'll put up a lot of points as well. I really, really want to know how Kirk Cousins is going to do coming to that Minnesota yeah. offense. Every Surrounded pre, by weapons. Yeah, every pre-draft, you know, scoring leader, you know, wide receiver sheet is showing Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. ESPN saying that they, the Vikes have one of the best receiving cores the in best, the game. Yeah, yeah the best. So I'm, I'm really interested to see. He could maybe crack that top five if he can kind of rebound off what Case Keenum did last year. Yeah. So definitely watch out for that. And then, like you said, Cam Newton. I was always a Vic guy, Madden 07. He's the best player in the game. I'm hoping Cam can get the wheels going again and maybe get some rushing touchdowns, Yeah. you know, throwing to McCaffrey out of the backfield. And yeah. then, uh, who do they even fucking Funches. have? Yeah, Funches would yeah, be good. He's,
4: he's a big body.
2: Uh, but yeah, those are those are my quarterback takes. I can't really pin it down to a one yeah. through five because I'm not I'm not a take a quarterback early guy no, either. No, I mean we'll
0: touch on that later in the podcast. But nobody really goes quarterbacks. So you'll probably round. You'll have the guy that takes what stretches for one early round three, but usually round four or five they start to get get taken. But let's move into running backs. Hayes, the the big talk around fantasy football is is it going to be Todd Gurley one or Le'Veon Bell? Uh, who do you see? as the true number one, or do you have a true number one uh, for, for running backs?
4: I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either. That's the thing about this year is, is running backs so are going to go hot off the start. Um, it's Bell or Gurley. It, pick your poison, really. it's You're getting about 20 a week in a PPR. Yeah, Bell's going to be the one that's catching a lot more balls out of the backfield, but Gurley's someone who just eats rock for that team. Yeah, And so he's just the, the power horse for them. But yeah, you can't go wrong. You can mix David David Johnson and, and Zeke right in the mix too. You those are four guys. It's it's no brainers at those positions. So
0: so so obviously those are kind of the top four, Gurley, Bill, uh, David Johnson. Yep. Yeah, like and, after and after
2: like the cream hunt, Melvin Gordon, you know, you could even throw Leonard... <laughs> You could even throw Leonard Fournette up there, but after that, don't give away your picks. you has got a draft coming up. But who, right. kind of in that six through twelve, maybe do you like after those that's, big dogs? That's
4: what. That's the thing about the Giants is they yeah. got Saquon sitting there. That's that's a dangerous offense. Um, they got Ingram, Shepard, OBJ. They got a lot of weapons. You get the get the box coming down yeah. on, on Saquon. You're open up a lot. So it's, it's crazy. It's who do you want to guard?
0: I. Shout out me for writing a little article on this the other day, but I had them second best offense in the NFC. Obviously they're not proven, but like you said, they have a ton of weapons. Sterling Shepard's back for his third year. OBJ's healthy for a full 16. Hopefully this time around, he probably won't see any action in the preseason, but Evan Ingram up and coming tight end, highly touted um, out of Ole Miss. And then you got Saquon, they upgraded at left guard or left tackle with Nate Solder, but it's interesting to see what he's going to do. He might get some action tomorrow night uh, against the Cleveland Browns. I don't think he should, but if he's if he's as you know highly touted as AP was, you know, a decade ago, it's going to be tough to pass up him in in fantasy. So yeah. running backs are yeah. back, That's yeah. for
4: sure. Yeah, running There's so many with, deep. We're, running we're backs. Forget, we're forgetting about Cook. that's, yeah. a, that's another guy who's yeah. We don't know. He, he was out last year, but. He can put on a show this year in that offense. Yeah,
0: it'll be it'll be nice for the Bikes to have him back. A nice little dump off option for for Kirk Cousins and what he did before his ACL injury and what he did at Florida State. You're right. He could definitely be right there at you know six, seven, or eight, even depending on how you want to do it. But yeah, the running backs are definitely the top. In my opinion, the top six are kind of a dime a dozen uh after that you kind of get a little bit of a drop off but since we're doing ppr there's obviously a lot of guys that'll catch balls alvin Kamara, huge running back for the saints last year catches a ton of balls led backs with receptions last year and then you got ingram suspended for a few games to start the year Kamara is going to be really really good to start the season and then once ingram comes back that's a two-headed monster that nobody wants to deal with uh but but hayes let's kind of move into our wide outs I know you're a huge D hop guy. Um, clearly Antonio Brown's going to be number one on everyone's board. Do you have D hop at two? Do you have Julio at two or do you got OBJ at two? Who do you kind of have as your number two dog right there?
4: I think after, after having Julio last year um, with a healthy Deshaun Watson, there's, there's not a better clear cut number two than, than D hop. Um, you know, that's, that's a, he's about as dangerous as you get yeah. at the wide opposition. He can catch anything. He's got a, catch radius of and a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um but yeah. yeah, going on it's my next I'm probably going OBJ over over Julio. hundred percent. That's someone who's also he can take a slant sixty yards in, in a heartbeat yard. and that's that's 70 fantasy points right, right there. So he's he's a best. firework rating right to go. Yeah he's got
0: the best hands in the NFL.
4: Him or Hawkins. Yeah.
0: I, I like that as well uh for me obviously brown's number one just because of how he how he does in that offense with pittsburgh and it'll be interesting to see they got a new offensive coordinator but obviously brown at one i like deandre hopkins at two as well a full season with deshaun i mean he caught 96 balls last year with what was it tom savage throwing him the rock right. Like unbelievable like how well that dude does um and then at three i got obj It'll be interesting. I don't necessarily have Julio at four. You got Calvin Ridley coming in. He might steal a couple of his looks, but he's not necessarily the best production last year. He's kind of inconsistent. I'm actually going to kind of go Michael Thomas at four. I mean, that's going to be Drew Brees' number one option. He's going to get hella ball.
4: I agree with that.
0: So I'm going to put Thomas at four, Julio at five. But then, I mean, it kind of not necessarily drops off, but then I would even put just kind of just outside of the top five quick, Keenan Allen at six. Got 102 balls last year. He doesn't get a ton of touchdowns, but he's a, for sure, I don't know, eight or nine catch catch a game type player. So I, I got, those are my top receivers.
2: Yeah, I uh, I actually have an interesting bit here. I took, so I play in an auction keeper league and I have, I picked up Marvin Jones Jr. last year for a dollar. And to keep him this year, it'd be $5 more. So six bucks. How about the value on that? Do yeah. you like him? I mean, he finished 11th best receiver in the league. I don't love the Lions. Stafford is shaky, but he airs it out and gets a lot of targets. Um, I Do I go back and keep him? Obviously not. If I have Zeke on my roster, and I'm probably going to take him. But yeah. I like Marvin Jones Jr. Um, I also like Mike Evans. He was a top three receiver in the pre-rankings last year. Shit production in 2017, but... I think he cannot be forgotten about with the healthy Jameis Winston coming back. Um, And then Juju Smith-Schuster, I think he had a great freshman year. Um, And if teams are going to be locking down A-B, I think he could open up for a big sophomore season.
0: I'll kind of touch on that. I'm sure Hayes has a couple opinions on that. Um, Yeah, with the Marvin Jones Jr. thing, I would kind of maybe even say that Golden Tate is their number one. He'll probably catch more balls. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is a really good asset. Marvin Jones Jr. will probably come away with more touchdowns. But like you said, you have Zeke. Obviously, you're going to keep him instead. Um, but yeah, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones Jr., Matt Stafford's going to look at those. Th- those are two really good. If you have one of those receivers on your team, you're doing pretty well. Uh, but with Mike Evans, I just, I just do not like James Winston. He's going to be suspended. I believe it's four games, maybe three to start the season.
4: You don't know what you're going to you, get. You don't know. Like yeah. I think Fitz Magic's
0: going to be starting the first four games. Uh, yeah, decent quarterback for a backup. And he'll probably look Evans' way a lot, but it's just – the Bucks are just so hot and cold, and they're so inconsistent. I think they're the shittiest team – one of the shittiest teams in the NFC right now. The NFC is loaded. At least the but, I mean, he's they, a top – he's a top-ten wide receiver, but I'm, I'm trying to stay away from Mike
4: Evans. Yeah. I Evans, just, he's, he's had – two seasons of 12 plus 12 touchdowns
2: each and two two other
4: seasons with five and three. Mm -hmm. You you don't know what you're going to get with that.
2: I just talked about those two specifically because I had them on my team last year and I've discussed it. I finished third to last. It was an absolute terrible year. I I mean, I'm just going to kind of throw this question out to our guru, but there's kind of a debate.
0: Like a lot of people are wondering, do you take, Brandon Cooks in L.A. He's been, you know, this is his third team in three years. You take Brandon Cooks in L.A., who's could potentially be arguably their third receiver when you have Cooper Cup and uh, Woods, and yeah, and Robert Woods. Um, So, would you take Brandon Cooks or would you take Juju Smith-Schuster? Who, yeah, Juju's probably their number two in Pittsburgh. But Antonio Brown's going to get a ton of rock. Mm -hmm. You look at the games when Antonio played; Juju Smith-Schuster was probably averaging around 70 yards a game. But the three games that OB uh, A B missed, he went off. There's a Monday night game against the Lions where you know he's the first freshman receiver to ever go for two hundred yards. What do you have uh, over
4: ninety nine or ninety nine yard catch that yeah, I think he had a
0: ninety eight or ninety nine yard touchdown. Right um but you see when A B's out of the lineup, super effective, and when he's not, he's just a mediocre quarterback uh, mediocre wide receiver. Right. Um, so I'd like to say, Hayes, who who would you take between those two? That's kind of a debate. Would you take Cooks or would you take Juju?
4: Yeah, with Juju, I mean, it's he's got kind of a small sample size working with that complete offense. Um, Cooks, Cooks, my thing is they paid the guy. Yeah, they paid him. They did. They're, they he's, give him that much money. They're they're gonna be using him. It's he's a weapon that he's gonna take a, a hitch screen. Yeah, like to the I house. Mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, Juju's the same way, but I think oh. Ob- A.B. in that offense, he's, he's getting a lot more. And Cooks, they they have a whole new offense. Right, They, they have a lot of weapons. It'll be interesting.
0: I, I mean, you could even make the case that Juju's their number three receiver. Le'Veon Bell is going to catch a ton of balls. Right. Like, he's a check-down fiend. Uh, so you could even put him as their three receiver. But like you said, I like Cooks here too. A deep threat or can catch a little slant, go for however, a little bubble screen. Uh, like you said, they paid him. Uh, but speaking of paid players – Sammy Watkins, the guy that they just lost now is in Kansas City. Third highest paid receiver right now. I think he's making 15 or 14 and a half mil. Uh, Hayes, how do you see him working in Kansas City's offense? He'll probably be, I, I think he's projected to go in maybe the fourth or fifth round
4: right now. Right, and that that's another thing is you bring a guy like him with that speed and put him with Tyreek Hill. Yes. Being a defensive player coordinator and dream hunt having to scout for those guys it's see d-backs you better bail it's i love i love their weapons not high in pat mahomes
0: we don't really have a sample size for him other than week 17 last year but sammy watkins bothers me just because he's had an injury history he can't really stay healthy
2: so he's not practicing right now yeah it's He's time. so boomer. Thighs. He's okay. so boomer bust. And I know Clemson you're a Clemson guy. Guy. Clemson guy.
0: You know you're a Clemson guy, but I, he's so boomer bust. He is. No. Yeah. So I mean, wide receivers, you you, you have a kind of a staggering drop, drop off after six or seven. Um. But who's kind of uh? Hey, who so do you kind of have as, uh, have as like a, a later round maybe you're two maybe three eight, guy eight past eight. Past the eighth round range, who's a wide receiver that you could see maybe being a dark horse in fantasy this year?
4: Um, I mean Marquis Goodwin. He's he's someone I've had my eye on. Um, not even when he roasted Richard Sherman in that in that clip, but he's just with that speed and that like he's got Jimmy Garoppolo now. So like he's yeah, he's an Olympic sprinter. He's, he's got the he, truth. Can, he can open that offense up. Um Another guy that I think people are sleeping on is is Randall Cobb. I don't, I'm not a big Randall Cobb fan, but when he was there with just Rodgers, like you can have two thousand yard receivers. He can catch eight touchdowns. Um, like it's yeah. Rogers is gonna throw a thirty plus touchdown, so they got to go to someone for sure. Um, but what? yeah, like Jimmy Graham, he's gonna be, he's gonna take some targets in the red zone. I just don't think that. They're gonna rely on him as as much as at least fantasy po- people are are thinking. But yeah, yeah I, Randall Cobb's definitely someone I'm gonna have on my radar. Do uh, you have a, a dark horse wide receiver or somebody that
0: you would take kind of late rounds that could probably impact your fantasy squad for um, for the majority? I, of the I
2: have it in the back of my mind, and you guys probably saw me looking at it. But Des Bryant, where is he gonna end up? Is he gonna be a Cleveland Brown? Is he even gonna be a rostered guy this year? Yeah. Where is this guy De- Dez will be
0: on a roster come week one. He obviously isn't looking to sign anywhere right now in the middle of training camp because nobody really wants to go through training camp. But, I mean, you look at the recent arrest out of the Cleveland Browns. I was like Callaway just got got arrested for <laughs> gun charge or, or marijuana possession. And, and if it's true, the Browns were looking at a receiver. They did, just dished Coleman to Buffalo before this all went down. And I, I, if, if I had a hunch, I'd say Dez will probably be a Cleveland Brown come week one just because of what just kind of went down the last week. But, right. yeah, he's definitely a guy that could be a dark horse depending on what roster spot he gets and, and what team he's on. Um, I don't know what, what your take is on Des or, or what you think.
4: That's the thing is, do you want to, first of all, pay him? And you know what you're going to get with him. He's just he's someone that's going to be drawing attention. Yeah. Um, does Cleveland need that with what they have right now? With right. Josh Gordon, the, the worst mentor of all time. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, yeah Baker, Dez,
2: Baker to Dez, Josh Gordon, and Juice Landry. I kind of Not a bad core.
0: It is a decent it's, – it's an underrated, scary core. I could kind of see this Dez Bryant thing as like a Carmelo Anthony type deal, both towards the end of their careers, both kind of people who want the spotlight. Melo thinks he's still a starter, but he's not. He already said – someone asked him in his presser the other day when he signed with uh, Houston if he's going to come off the bench, and he laughed at him, but I think if – Sorry for going on basketball here, but if he's going to be successful and the Rockets are going to be successful, he's going to have to come off the bench. Whereas Des, you get him on the field, no, he's not going to have the production like he had in years past, but he's he still can be a deep threat at times. and He's still a big red zone receiver that you, kind of, you can throw the ball to, but I, I like that pick out of you. I would say for me, my dark horse is going to be Martavis Bryant in Oakland, kind of new change of scenery. With everything that went on in Pittsburgh last year, basically I don't know if he was quitting or what the hell happened he was suspended a game by the team but he still had 50 catches 603 yards and three scores he has that boomer bust potential where he can take 180 yards to the house he's got Derek Hart pretty solid quarterback uh, John Gruden now the head coach who loves his quarterbacks loves his offense definitely has something brewing They just got rid of Crabtree Jordy's there so there's going to be some room. Amari Cooper, that's kind of a question mark, but I think he'll come back to what he was a few years back. But Martavis Bryant could fit in well. It could get you a few red zone touchdowns. He's a big body. That would probably be my one dark horse receiver.
4: Now, that's surprising because I, I don't know how well he's going to be. He's going to be as that number three. Yeah. And you saw him in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I heard, I heard something out of the, the Oakland camp. It's, He's he's in the territory of cup potential. Honestly, like he's he hasn't had a, that that well of a of a camp, but you know with with his abilities, like he can really take the top off that defense. Let Amari go to work because I, I know Gruden wants to get him implemented into that offense a lot. Yeah, you know Jordy's there, but yeah, Martavis is. Yeah, it's, he's he's so volatile. It's I don't it's boomer bust for sure. Yeah, I mean that's
0: kind of why I'm as a dark horse. It's one of those guys that, like we've been stressing, boomer bust. And, you know, if, if you can be that boom, he's definitely someone that you want on your roster for fantasy purposes. But uh, let's kind of transition here into tight ends. Not necessarily a deep core of players. Um, you kind of have your your top two with, with Gronkowski and, and Kelsey. Uh, Hayes, if you're going to take a tight end, do you want Kelsey or do you want Gronk?
4: I'm going Gronk. Gronk's... If, you, if you're debating over over a second-round wide receiver pick and you can't decide, I think if you're at about pick 19, 18, Gronk, you know what you're going to get out of him. If he stays healthy, he's yeah. he's a hands-down, no one's close as a tight end number one.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest question mark is can he stay healthy? He hasn't played a full 16 since 2011. Uh, but just given his injury history and the amount of surgeries he's had and concussion, banged up, big body. I I personally would go Kelsey over him. I would kind of wait a little bit more depending on where he falls. I like Kelsey more. He doesn't get hurt too often, only missed a few games. He's going to get you production. 83 receptions last year. Led all tight ends. Yeah. 8 touchdowns. I See, no, it's kind of 1A, 1B, but...
4: As a, as a Kelsey Glock, owner yeah. last year, I, I loved him. He was yeah. an absolute safety blanket, but with this year, he's He's got Mahomes. Yeah. Like Mahomes. So we'll see. It's it's a new offense. It is. We'll see how much as, they rely relying on. As, as long as they're not playing the Chargers, the dude lights it up. <laughs> I don't know what, I what's
0: what's the deal and who's they just kind of key in on him and make sure to shut him down. But the Chargers usually play him tight. But but yeah. moving on from the one and two, are you are you a Kelsey or a Gronk guy? Jake? I
2: I'd say just the health factor. I have to go Kelsey. I love Gronk. I think he's just social media. Yeah, he's a bean. He's a baboon. He, he's a baboon. He really is. He's yeah. fun to watch, off the field and on the field. But just like Chuck said, that safety blanket in Kelsey is what would be the deciding factor for me. Um, a guy who can play all sixteen games and has shown in the past few years he can make it all sixteen. Yeah, uh, that that's big on me. But outside of those top two, what are you guys looking at? You got Ertz, Delaney Walker, Evan Ingram, uh, Jimmy Graham. Kind of, kind of a drop off there. Is it worth? Even going out and grabbing one of those guys three through ten,
4: it depends. That's it. All comes what what your roster's looking at, looking like throughout the draft. Um, I think if Greg Olson, you get him at a pretty a pretty favorable spot in the draft. He's someone where you know Cam Newton's had history; he's had proven history with him. Um, Delaney Walker, I know Mariota has struggled, but he's also someone who gets a lot yeah. of red zone targets. Um, and Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph is. Probably my sleeper of the tight ends. Maybe a little biased, but I think that offense, they run a lot of checkdowns, little dink and dumps, um, just keep the chains moving, and, and he's got a reliable hands. So, yeah, might be a little biased, but, yeah, Kyle Rudolph is definitely up there for me.
0: No, I mean, yeah, moving away outside the, the top two, you obviously have Zach Ertz. Um, can he repeat what he did last year? I believe he can. It just will be interesting to see where Carson went if he's out for a few games to start. Um, Zach Ertz's production kind of goes down when he's not in the lineup. But like you said, Delaney Walker is a solid option. I had him on my team last year. He's not going to blow your top off, but he's a pretty consistent, you know, 12 to 15 points per game type player. Um, like you said, a red zone target. My, my kind of – for me, I really – I don't know if I like Jimmy Graham. I mean, he led tight ends in touchdowns last year. He's with a new system. Rodgers Rogers hasn't really had a really sick tight end. And Jimmy Graham's obviously not where he was with, with the no. Saints, but he's definitely a red zone target. Um, it'll be interesting, but I like Evan Ingram a lot. Been waiting for that. I like Evan Ingram <laughs> a lot. I know I'm, I'm probably biased because I'm a Giants guy, but what he did last year in his rookie year, you know, with OBJ gone and, and Sterling Shepard out for a significant amount of time, he obviously was the go to guy. 64 receptions, six touchdowns, uh, was on the the all-rookie team for tight end. Uh, I think he's definitely a, a top-five fantasy player this year, specifically at the tight end position. I'd probably bump him up to, to four even. I know his receptions will probably go down, but he's going to be an unbelievable red zone target. But one guy that I would kind of keep my eye on is Greg Kittle, uh, San Francisco's tight end, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's finally got a sick weapon at quarterback. Uh, Garoppolo moves the chains. Uh, he seems to enjoy his tight end a little bit. Um, not necessarily crazy tight end like like the Chiefs have been in the past, but I think that Kittle can kind of be a sleeper in the tight end uh, discussions come, come drafts. So if you can kind of get him later, if you want to wait, um, you know, when, when you get outside the top probably six or seven guys, I think Greg Kittle's a, a guy that, you know, if you, you get more boomer bust potential with a, a later draft wide receiver or running back. You could kind of take Kittle Kittle late in the draft, um, but as far as tight ends, are you taking? Are you taking Graham? Are you staying away from Graham, Jake?
2: Uh, you know what? I'm not taking him. I'm not going to go out of my way to take him at all. Tight ends a position for me. If you're not getting the top two three guys, it, it's I'm willing to battle the waiver wires. <laughs> kind of, it's to tough speak. to do, but yeah, um, it is tough to do just because they are limited, and I've never. Gotten a, a solid tight end like a top two three guy, yeah. so I don't even know the luxury of having a Kelsey Gronk, Ertz, or yeah. you know even an Antonio Gates going back to his glory days. Right. Um, I've never had a solid tight end, so I'm not too fussy when it comes to physically going out of my way to get one. I think after that five mark, it's yeah kind of you can
0: if max. you're not getting a top five or six, you probably wait on him, But here's kind of one question I have for you guys: Jordan Reed. One of the most productive tight ends when he's on the field, but that's just the thing. He can't really stay healthy. Are you if he's there, are you guys gonna, you know, pass him up and take someone else? Are you gonna are you gonna take the chance? Alex Smith loves his tight end, so you know Reed's gonna get the rock. Right. but is he is he gonna stay healthy? That's kind of the, the biggest question. I have right? no exactly. problem taking
2: that risk. I don't know I, about you two. it It'd have to be a bargain. Yeah. It'd it, it have to be the a bargain. Steal. it would
0: it's gonna have to come down to how my roster is shaking out. Like I said, if if I take Kelsey, if he's there, then I wouldn't need to take him, obviously. But if I got, say, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and he's there, I got to start thinking flex, I think, at that point. And I, th- I think I would pass him up, honestly. Just you know, history repeats itself. You, you just, right, exactly. When you get hurt a bunch, you're usually going to stay hurt. So I'll pass that up. But let's kind of – we're not really going to talk defense or special teams and kicker. We know defense is – not No single defense has repeated itself inside the top three back-to-back years. It's usually hit or miss. Uh, so that's kind of a question mark. We won't really touch on that. But, uh, Hayes, let's kind of touch into some, some more uh, juicy categories here. Who do you have as your biggest quarterback sleeper?
4: Biggest sleeper? I, I mean, I hate to do this before my draft, but – you kind of pushing my arm here. Um,
0: <laughs> I, you, know what, you know, you I know was what? Gonna twist it. You knew I was gonna test. Yeah, twist
4: it. I know you're trying. We know I, you know, you've think had Rodgers. I think it is, and again, like I'm, am such a homer, but he's someone who's proven to be able to throw the deep ball and look at the weapons around him. Like, I don't see someone where you can get at that value better than that. I mean, if, and if you know someone more, I, he's He's going late er yeah. in drafts, but I mean, yeah, it's I, something
0: the Vikings need. He was sixth in fantasy points last year. I mean, you look at the guys in front of him: Wentz, Alex Smith, surprisingly, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson for scoring quarterbacks. Uh, but yeah, you're you're a big Cousins guy. I kind of wrote about this. I wasn't too happy they threw the kitchen sink at him. I think Keenum was just he, he did just enough. The, we have all the weapons there. Another year in the system, I think Keenum would have been just fine. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to go say I, I'm going to take Keenum as a sleeper for Denver. I don't know how he'll do in that offense. Um, he still has some pretty talented receivers in Demarius and Emmanuel. But for quarterbacks, I think my sleeper this year would have to be Matt Ryan. He's not really going super high in a lot of drafts. And I don't know. You could consider him a sleeper. He's not inside of the the top nine by any means. Uh but you just look, he's got Julio Jones, he's got Calvin Ridley. Uh, I believe Mohamed Sanu is still there. And Was he MVP two years ago? Yeah, MVP two years ago. Nobody's talking about him. Had okay numbers last year, not great. They still made the playoffs. He'll probably put you a consistent 20, 18 to 22. But I think he'll have a rebound year. And then you got, you know, Freeman catching balls out of the back, Coleman catching balls out of the back. So I think it's got to be Matt Ryan. The dude won an MVP two years ago, like you said. But um, yeah, so you got you got Kirk Cousins. You probably get him a little later. Ryan, you're probably going to be able to wait on him. Uh, and then, ah, uh, who do you think is going to be your sleeper? Probably can't take Kirk Cousins either. <laughs> you can take Kirk Cousins. Yeah, there's a there's nothing wrong with you know, this is this is a snoozing podcast. Yeah, you, you know I, what? I'm, you
2: I'll, I'll say Kirk Cousins. I'll feed off that. I like Cousins just because you're right. Uh, three years, 84 sheets. The Vikes are all in on these. This guy. Um, I I mean. You got to remember, too, like, they're not going balls deep in practice, but he's playing against one of the best defenses in the league. He's making it clap. They're not balls deep, but he's making it clap. And I don't know how much time he's going to get this weekend against Denver. Uh, Probably not too much. Yeah, hopefully none, seriously, because their defense line is going to be all over him, and our O-line isn't the greatest. Pat lines on the pup list. A couple other guys are banged up, but – um, I'm gonna go off the the deep end here, and I'm gonna go Jared Goff. I think he's gonna like come that. back. I think the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim, uh, jokes, but he, I think I think he's just gonna follow up and just keep flooring it from last year. Um, that offense has the weapons to be really good, they do. and. Jared Goff has kind of gotten some time under his belt now, where I think he can come out with a real good season next year.
4: Yeah, that's yeah, that's someone you can you can keep in your back pocket yeah, late, you late, late in the draft. Yeah. He's he's going QB fifteen. I'm seeing the I mean, yeah. average draft position. Like he's he's someone that if you got someone struggling, throw him in the lineup. He's he's got weapons around yeah. him.
0: I mean 11th in fantasy points last year, and that was Sean McVay's first year, first system under a sick coach. You'd have to think his numbers increase this year if he stays healthy. Um, but let's kind of move into our running backs. I know there's a lot of guys in the top. You know, we'll, we'll kind of say outside of the top twenty, top to, outside of the top twenty. Hayes, who do you kind of have as as your biggest sleeper running back? Does Shady count? Does I wouldn't say Shady counts. Um,
4: I don't it's even know tough. what's going to happen with that assault. Yeah, chart. exactly. That's all... well, so that might. So that, if that drop in. is that? I, I, if you get if, so okay, if okay. you have the inside knowledge we'll give that you, you know Shady is free, are we'll, you? He's a round two caliber player.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, okay, we'll let you go. We'll let you go, Shady. But, but, I, but I want I'll you. Ponder I want you to pick another guy that you know is kind of outside the top twenty who you think is is going to be a sleeper and and could honestly take over. Kind of be the Alvin Kamara of this year. Yeah.
4: And that Darius Geis, he he's yeah. someone who I think about a lot. In that it's Washington, don't really have, I and mean, they have Chris Thompson. He had a lot of success last year, but they brought him in for a reason. You watch his LSU highlights; he's an absolute freak. So right. it he's going to be the workhorse in Washington. So that's someone who I I think you're going to get you're going to get the touches. You know, he's he's going to run people over. He's a yeah. lot. A lot like Fournette, both at LSU. You know, he's he's a downhill runner, but Geis also has some shift with him too. Yeah. So
0: that's, oh. that's my sleeper for sure. Okay, I like Geis a lot. They actually – Washington stole him in the draft. I don't know how he slipped so far. But for me, I kind of have two guys. Not necessarily going to be uh, Alvin Kamara type production, but I got Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Uh, he's kind of hurt a lot last year, like Rodgers. But when he touches the rock, he's averaging five and a half yards of carry. He had 448 yards last year on just 81 attempts, four touchdowns. He can catch out of the back. With Rodgers back, you'd have to assume that he's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, so I kind of got Aaron Jones. But then another guy that a lot of people are kind of sleeping on is Garrett Blunt. Uh, he was, you know, he was picked up by the Detroit Lions. And, you know, Patricia's the head coach there now. When Blunt was in New England two years ago, he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He's going to get a ton of goal line work. Uh, Patricia's already expressed that obviously Blunt was brought in because they didn't have a big goal line type player. So I think not necessarily going to get you a ton of yards, but he's going to get you your your red zone touches and right. he could have he could easily be an RB, an RB three or a flex type position if, if you're looking for strictly just touchdowns. So I, I would say that I got Laguerre Blunt and, and Aaron Jones.
2: All right. Um my pick here for kind of a sleeper, It's not. it hasn't been so much of a sleeper, but he's low on draft charts. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, Devonta Freeman. This guy has been elite almost his whole career. He took a little spill last year, to not one, but two conkeys. Um Tevin Coleman's in that offense as well too now. So you could see his role limited, but I think he's going to be back to elite status. Um, he was in an interview regarding the new helmet-to-helmet rule. And he basically came out saying, look, I definitely think I'm going to get that call a few times this year. So it's clear that his physicality and his, his physical downhill running style isn't going to, isn't going to hinder anything. Um, but I expect him to be back to elite status. And I think a lot of people are kind of not so much forgetting about him, but kind of put him on the back burner where you're looking at a guy who was used yeah. two years ago was putting up massive, you know, first, first round draft pick style yeah. numbers. And I think, that's definitely a guy you could get later that could have a solid impact on anyone's. Yeah,
4: messaging. exactly. If yeah. you
2: if you stay on the field,
4: that's the thing. That offense with Ryan, you're staying on the field. Yeah. And I, I have a question for the pod: is if you're in a draft and you have to pick between Joe Mixon and, and Jarek McKinnon, who are you taking?
0: See, I'm taking Jarek McKinnon because their backup doesn't have a lot of. Reps, what is it, Breda right now? Yeah. So, Jarek McKinnon, they paid him a shit ton of money. Clearly, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to use him. He he had some success last year in Minnesota in the past few years. He catches the ball. He can actually run the ball a little or back, but Mixon's a speedster, but you'd have to think that third downs, Giovanni Bernard's coming in, he's taking those those touches from him. Mixon's clearly their number one, but he's not necessarily a clear, clear number one, whereas Gio could come in, it could be like a 60-40 split. 65-35, 65-35, but is I see kind of in San Francisco, I think that McKinnon's going to get at least 70-plus percentage of the touches there. So I, I, I'm pretty high on McKinnon. Not so high on Mixon, but for me, I personally would take McKinnon just kind of with, with a more steady quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And it'll be a more safe player.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with you as well there, Evan. I like the, the uh, Jarek McKinnon take. He's I just liked him when he was at Minnesota. I didn't like to see him go just because he was a solid replacement for Delvin Cook. Uh, last year, Joe Mixon, great rookie season, uh, but he didn't start a single game behind or in front of Jeremy Hill. Um, so look for him to kind of steal more of that role in 2018. But I just think with the consistency that McKinnon showed last year with the Vikings, I think he's going to be the bigger threat in 2018 this year.
4: Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see him as a focus back. Yeah. Sure.
2: Well,
0: how about this? Marshawn Lynch. Kind of had a fall off last year. Everyone thought he was going to be this stud coming down in Oakland. Do you guys kind of see him as just falling off the cliff now? He's kind of a late round draft pick. Do you guys even do you even want him on your roster? What do you think his success will be like in Oakland? Do you think it'll be? I you think you'll be able to be, even put him in your lineup consistently.
4: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be someone to call to call home about. That's for sure. With with his production last year, I, taking him any time early in the draft, I I just think you're getting someone that you're deciding on, am I going to throw him in the lineup this week or am I throwing him on my bench? Right, and that's right, yeah. and that's just a headache
2: week to week. He's a, he's a flex guy in my eyes at best. Um, I had him on in my big money league last year as my number two back, and I was forced to play him every single week, and he just didn't. No. The numbers weren't there. He's kind of a head case, to be honest. Uh, he's getting up there in age.
4: He's, he hasn't proven anything since he's came back from yeah. from Seattle. But another another running back duel I'm interested to see your take on is is the the Tennessee backs, yes. Derrick Henry yes. versus Deion Lewis in a PPR. You know Henry's getting getting the blunt. That's but you really, also know yeah. Tennessee they can open up the offense. They can use Dion Lewis.
0: I, gosh, it's funny. I saw a stat the other day. They both have the same amount of yards after contact as one another, and you see the size difference. It's seven inches between the two. Uh, Henry's an absolute stud. He would, he's obviously going to get the goal line touches, and he's going to get probably majority of the runs. But just it depends how they're it, – it's going to be a game flow type situation. If they're moving the ball downfield, you'd expect Deion Lewis to probably get more reps that's such a tough question. I personally would probably like Deion Lewis more. He's in a, Especially in a PPR so. league, yep. he's going to get more catches. He'll still get some yards, and he actually scores touchdowns. And you don't just bring in a guy like that if you're not going to utilize him. So right. I, I kind of see – we saw the two-headed monster there last year with Henry and, and uh, DeMarco Murray, and DeMarco Murray's gone now. Henry's production will probably move up a bit, but I, I just think you have to go with Deion Lewis.
4: Right, and with the way the NFL is going like in this era, it's – it's shifty backs, yeah. and that's someone who I think they had Demarco Murray. They also yeah. had Henry. Yeah. They wanted they wanted a scat back that they could utilize as well.
2: Yeah, it's, definitely Dion. You see him as the first, second down back. Maybe Derrick Henry coming in goal line yeah. third down situations. I think
4: I think Derrick Henry's open up drives if they have yeah, favor- favorable field position, around, first down right? Um, um, but Dion Lewis, he's been proven with the Patriots that he can play on any down, and yeah. he's. He's a scrappy back. He's someone who's going to get touches, but I don't know. Tennessee's offense is area. Mario, Mariotta needs to figure it out. That's for sure. I'm surprised that
0: the pads got rid of him. You knew they were kind of going to have to. It, they must be super high on James White. I like James White a lot, but Deion Lewis is an absolute weapon. And I know you had him on your fantasy team a few years back when he mm-hmm. was going bananas for the Patriots and then he got hurt. But if that dude can stay healthy, I definitely would take Dion over that. But let's kind of transition here into wide receivers. Um, we touched on a lot of these types of wide receivers earlier, but as far as sleepers go, Hayes, is there some guy you could probably pick up like we've got kind of to touch on eighth round or maybe mm-hmm. later that can kind of impact your fantasy team or, or even seventh round and, and later that, that yeah. could, could have a, a huge upside.
4: So, yeah, I probably not as deep as you'd like, but I'm, someone who's kind of been under the radar for the last couple of seasons is I think Emmanuel Sanders yeah. working in the slot with Denver. Um, they have Case Keenum. You saw what he did last year. Um, Emmanuel and Jamarius, they can yeah. get back to their old ways in a hurry. So mm-hmm. they were, they were one of the best wideout duos in the league in four or five years ago. So it's, were- it'll be interesting to see with a, with an actual proven quarterback. Um, Another one is, is Sterling Shepard. I've been a huge yeah, you have. Sterling Shepard fan, but I don't know if he's going to be getting as much of the offensive share with how many weapons they got now, but um, he's someone I, I definitely want to keep at least on waivers, um, keep an eye on him, just keep him in your back pocket because OBJ, I mean, he's he's shown he's not as durable, but if, if anything goes down, he's, he's the guy. So. Yeah.
0: No, I like those two picks a lot. Another guy here, I would kind of say, I like Paul Richardson a lot. Um, he'll probably be the one, maybe two in Washington right now. Uh, Alex Smith, he was he completed the most – he completed the highest percentage of his deep ball threats, and Paul Richardson will definitely be the, his his go-to guy downfield, but uh, he's got to be the, the – you would, you would think the most ball-hungry receiver on Washington right now. Right. Uh, Jordan Reed, like we said, is going to get a lot of looks. But if he's not healthy, I think Paul Richardson can be a, a high impactful fantasy player. Not going to get you a ton of points, but like we said, late late in the draft. Um, and then I like Danny Amendola in, in Miami. Uh, him, pick and, dog. Him, him, and, him and Kenny Stills. Him and Kenny Stills will be the, the top two receivers. Danny will probably be the two. but about Parker? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I was reading some things that they weren't super high on Parker, and he didn't have mm-hmm. the greatest year last year. But like, yeah, okay. So we got we got three guys there, but I think right. Danny Amendola is kind of due for a little bit of a breakout year, especially with you know that juice Jarver's is gone. Juice is gone. He's He's gone. He's He's got gone. The There's someone on yeah, the slot slot receiver. I mean, you saw what he did in the second half against Jacksonville in the playoffs, um, and then when Cooks went down, he was kind of another weapon that the Pats had. He's not, he didn't have the production he had with the Pats in the previous few years, but new – you know. Same face, new place, I like to say. And I I expect D'Amandola to be not necessarily a for sure starter each week, but he could go in there and and give you some catches in in a PPR league and and potentially have a breakout year down in Miami.
2: Yeah, that was uh, one of my two sleepers was Amendola. Like you guys said, Jarvis Landry's out. Look for him to be the primary slot guy in Miami. But my sleeper pick here is going to be Nelson Aguilar with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, his third season last year he he kind of started a little slow but you know helped that team win a Super Bowl. You're gonna have Alshon uh, Jeffrey coming back after a shoulder injury um, but I, I think he he he's, could potentially have a breakout season ahead of him only six receivers last year had more touchdowns than him. yes, Jeffrey was out for a good chunk of the season but I think he could have some upside in his his fourth year in the league here coming up. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we kind of already had the question that I had with
0: with the Juju Smith-Schuster and Brandon Cooks, but Hayes, do you like? It, it's kind of a an interesting one. You you kind of mentioned how Amari Cooper is probably going to get more looks, especially with Gruden wanting to get him acclimated quickly in the new system. But or or a Randall Cobb. Obviously, Rogers is coming back. You'd have to assume that Cobb's going to get a ton of looks. To, Adams is clearly their number one there, and and with Jordy Nelson, Martavis mm-hmm. Bryant. Amari Cooper with his down year last year. There's kind of questions going around. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Randall Cobb? They had similar points last year in fantasy. Um, a couple injuries at quarterback kind of halted their progressions from 2016, but, but who would you yeah, have?
4: I I got to go Cooper as much, as much as maybe the last two years have, have been with him in fantasy. It's like Gruden, they're going to be using him. He's... I'm pretty sure he has the same birth year as Kelvin Ridley. So yeah. that's Yeah. Like that just shows how young he is still. And just once he his problem is drops and that he was one of the the worst at it in the league last year. But if he can figure it out, he can get in that offense with Carr, um, like he's as dangerous as they come. And with and with Cobb, I'm big on Cobb. That that's I'm not taking anything away. It's just you also have you have Adams there and That's who Rodgers is going to be keying on. You know, they've had a ton of touchdowns last year. Um, Cooper, I think he's just going to be the workhorse for them in the passing game. So I have to go Cooper in that stance.
2: Yeah, I like the Cooper take there, too. I I don't want to put the blame on the quarterback, but I think Derek Carr had a shit season. Uh, With Gruden coming in, being the football mind he is, or the quarterback mind he is, he always does his, what is it called, the QB camps with Mm -hmm. Gruden I don't know it's just a stupid playoff on this take but I think uh with Gruden taking reins over that offense I think we're gonna see a little comeback from Oakland as well and I think Cooper's production if he can catch the fucking ball uh he's gonna be right up there and and Cobb he's it's that's a tricky ass question man because Cobb I feel like don't know what you're gonna get it's a toss-up with the Packers either, either or you don't know yeah with the Packers receiving core it, it really is a toss-up um, Devonta Adams obviously more of the deep threat yeah yeah um, so look for Cobb for maybe some more touches but that, that is a tough question yeah I it's actually really tricky
0: that's kind of why I asked you guys but uh, <laughs> <Fuck>. uh, <laughs> for picture. me for me personally I wanted to get your guys take on it but I don't know I I think Like you said, Adams and Cobb are going to be kind of similar in numbers. Adams will probably have more. But you would think, obviously, if Adams gets hurt, Cobb's number one. But Amari Cooper missed four games last year. Um, He he hasn't actually started 16 games in a season since he's entered the league in 2015. So there's injury question marks surrounding him. But for me, I think I would also take Amari Cooper. Uh, He's got to be the clear-cut number one there. Jordy just doesn't really have the step that he did, and he doesn't have Rodgers throwing him. He's got Carr, who's still decent, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I I think Amari Cooper's due for a a pretty breakout year, and Cobb will still be probably more consistent, but Amari Cooper, I think, will have um, more uh, more more, boom potential than Buzz. The volume's there. In a
4: PPR, I think it's a hands-down Cooper consensus just because – it's, he's getting ten targets a game. Yeah. Where Rogers distributes the ball more than, better than anyone. So yeah, it's it'll be interesting. All right. Well,
0: uh, let's kind of we're not going to really touch on our our sleeper tight ends. There's not that many. Um, but let's kind of just quickly go through. What is your biggest question heading into week one, Hayes, what, when it comes to fantasy? Is there a player that you're high on that you don't necessarily want to take, that, that there's a risk when you're kind of drafting in the top three rounds? What, what's, your, what's your biggest question, Mark?
2: I think – well, fuck. No, i all okay. let you talk, but I'm just, I think, too, okay. the buzz around this year's draft, I don't know if we've even talked about it, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Are guys going to be going after him too early? Like, what's too early for Saquon? Is there even a too early for him? Is he a first round guy? Well, just it's a two part. Let's. Let's. A, a I'm two-part. gonna let the guru touch on that. first. Okay.
4: I think if you're taking, if you're taking Saquon, ahead of Kamara, that's, that's where I think you're getting a little too aggressive. Um, but at the same time, is, if you think that's aggressive, what about Hunt? Yeah. Cream Hunt's in the same boat. You're in my he's fucking getting, mind. He's <laughs> getting volume. <laughs> But at the same time, they took Barkley at where they took him for a reason. So, it, And the freak athlete that he is, it, it's hard to tell. But we'll see. It's it's a tough pick.
2: Yeah. I mean, week one, do you have someone on your mind that is a question, like a big question mark that's eating you up or what? So, okay, we can kind of dive in this. But I'm picking at six in our
0: draft. Hey, Hayes, is, Hayes has put it all out there. I need, I, know, you, I, know. I need you coming out here. So this is for me. I'm picking at six in our draft. And not necessarily the question mark about a player, but for me, obviously I want to go best available. And there's obviously the question of running back. A lot of people like to go running back in the first round. But if there's a wide receiver there, obviously if Brown slips to me, I have to take him. You can't just pass up a talent like that for, He's not for my question. Yeah, But for me... You guys sure. both You guys both touched on it. Saquon has the most fucking lights flashing on him. Everybody's blowing his fucking top off, and he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet. So for me, I'm sitting there at six, and if you look at it playing out, Kamara and Saquon is going to be there. Well, can Kamara do what he did last year? And I think he can. He's in a six system and ingram's going to come back after week four lighten the load but they both were top seven in fantasy last year at running backs but you said kareem hunt if he's there to tail end of the first round if we're gonna if it's gonna be a back hungry first round if i'm sitting there towards the tail end maybe even early second round can he do what he did in the new system with pat mahomes at quarterback and sammy watkins coming in and Tariq Hill? you would assume that he could but that, That was unbelievable. He led the league in rushing as a fucking rookie. Yeah, that was incredible. So for me, I kind of have him as my biggest drop-off for fantasy players in the top two rounds this year. I don't see his production being as high. He had an unbelievable start, broke a bunch of records for the first few weeks of the season, kind of died off towards the end. I know Chuck Lindgren had him and fucking hated him, wanted to dish him. But those are the two biggest question marks for me. Saquon Barkley and Kareem Hunt. I just – if if they're there, I just don't know. I, I really don't.
4: Alright, let me do this. Let me throw let me throw Delvin Cook and Melvin Gordon in the mix. Okay. And who are you taking out of those four? Hunt, Cooks, Gordon, and Barkley.
0: Hunt, Cooks, Gordon, and Barkley. So they're all available at six? They could be available at eight. Okay, so any point in the draft? Eight, nine. Okay. So I really like bar if I'm are we talking fantasy or are we gonna talk build a team around? Let's talk fantasy. We'll, talk fantasy. we'll, we'll keep it in yeah. fantasy. This it's is fantasy this pod. is a snussing podcast. This is our fantasy episode. So if they're all available there, you said it's it's Cream Hunt, Delvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, and Saquon Barkley. Yep. Man, I, I have to take the chance and take Barkley. I have to. He's <laughs> wow. he's so he's not proven, but you have to think. He's yeah. gonna get eighty percent plus of that workload. He's gonna get hella touches. OBJ, Shepard, and Ingram are gonna be spreading the field. They can't stack the box because then OG, OBJ will just t- tear the fucking top right. off. I have to take a chance on Saquon. i so high on the Giants. It makes me
3: <laughs> sick. It's fair it makes though. It's me fair. Sick. That's a good. I know take, Hayes but... is probably
0: doing the same thing. I I think maybe Hayes. I think you like Cook because you're biased as well. I don't know, but I, I could I even see that. you being a Melvin Gordon guy, and no, there's nothing wrong with that. I, it, okay, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking Melvin Gordon. Over Saquon, if you're not sure, their production will probably be similar. Both catch a lot of balls. One was an All American. One was also an All American. They, they're both studs. Uh, one was at Wisconsin. One at Penn State. Big Ten backs. I wouldn't take Kareem Hunt. He'd probably be the uh, no. God, this is such a tough question. This is, this is why this you're a guru. This
2: is tailored at you, and this is a genius question from Hayes. Because mm-hmm. say, say Gurley. Le'Veon Kamara, and then Antonio Brown, and who's these, another? These players are up goes. to six and seven. No, these
4: are on the back way. Like this I'm
2: just saying, they, this is they on the
0: rebound. they yeah.
2: no, very well could all be there.
0: Okay, be this there. is what. I, okay, Garrett Gillow, He's in our fantasy league. We're, we're finna give him a shout out. This kid is the type of kid to take Matt Ryan in the second round and say, just watch, and then Matt Ryan gets hurt and doesn't even do shit. This was, I think, 2013, I want to say. Um, kids just loved it. Watch. I could see him taking – I could take – I don't know what pick he has. I think he has three or four. I I, I feel like he could stretch to take Saquon. Uh, yeah. Giddy's the type of guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean no. – But if you're going to pass up on David Johnson, who – Literally, we were talking about this before we came on, and before Hayes made the trek down here to, to live in studio. Shouts out, shouts out! But David Johnson, he didn't go out with a knee injury last year. He didn't. He didn't do the Gordon Hayward or anything. He he fucked up his elbow. And last time I checked, you got two hands to carry the rock. So he's putting a fifth still after, a after a this debate. Streak. You can, if you got a broken elbow, you can still run. You can still work your legs. He's going to be an absolute horse. I. This is kind of a a shot in the dark here, but I think. Not really shot in the dark. I think David Johnson is going to have higher production than Todd Gurley this year, and it's bold, the, but I think he's going to have more fantasy points than Todd Gurley.
4: I think that's fair because I've I've been hearing that David Johnson's been he's been digging into that literally that, those that Jay Stone those highlight Jay tapes Stone. Jay Stone. I mean, you, you can see what what the kid did with with an arm. Yes, the bubble wrap.
0: He was on your fucking team, dude. That guy he was,
2: was like, a Freak, was me. that 80 in the no, no, that was like right sixth, grade. Was it sixth grade.
0: Was that sixth yeah. grade? Were you on that sixth team grade, too? No, no he was, was on you was had on the Penn sleepers. State, oh, you had the Penn State. my Those, god, the only jerseys that were made with the tight ass arms where you could like
2: make your yeah. biceps pop. The guy looked like LeBron in fifth grade, he was a machine, he was so jacked. That's, when did he move? That's 2018. Move?
4: David Johnson, he, yeah, he
2: played football in seventh grade, right at Century, I believe so. All right.
4: You would have bounced by that. Mm. that I just true. remember
2: we need to get Jay Stone uh, the on the only, podcast.
0: I played football. I played football in seventh grade. And we did a camp. That was did, the end, we, end of that, huh? We did a camp. I was like five foot four. Everybody knows I had a late girl spurt. I wanted to carry the rock, but they wouldn't let me carry the rock in a fucking camp. Okay. <laughs> so there's this kid named Matt Peller, and this dude was fucking huge. And I was playing uh, corner. And they just kept doing fucking halfback tosses to the left. And I was the right corner. And this dude would come flying at me. And all I could do is take out his legs and he would just hurdle me. I looked like a fucking idiot. And ever since then, the stories you guys tell about Jay Stone just clubbing people with that arm, it's
2: if, its if, insane. If there was a middle school rule of helmet-to-helmet contact, <laughs> Jay Stone is suspended, fi- max fine. There's a, Weekend, there's a reason yeah. he's
4: not in the NFL yeah. today.
2: There's a reason he had to move out of state. <laughs> he might be in the, a group home because his head is so <laughs> demolished. This guy would run, crown his helmet yes. through people. I was just going to say, the Riddell helmets
0: were nothing to him. It, he 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 pumped them so fucking tight. He had one of those fucking alien-type helmets, and he would just run at you, spear down. Uh, anyway, David Johnson, That is people might forget about him, too. I wish I was picking inside the top three. God. But, you know, last year I was fortunate to have Gurley and Bell. Um, a lot of missed opportunities within our draft class. A lot of guys passed up on Gurley, and rightfully so. He had a terrible, terrible 2016 year. Jeff Fisher offense will do that to you. But yeah, that's kind of my, my bold pick. I, I, I like David Johnson more than I like Todd Gurley this year. All right. Well, that wraps up our hour plus long episode of Fantasy Football. I hope you guys got a good taste of where you're going to be picking, what you want to pick. We answered a ton of questions if you had, you know, any doubts about who to take. But first ever live in-studio interview and reoccurring guest that will be Charlie Hayes. We're going to have you on throughout the year talking fantasy, waiver wire pickups, you name it. Uh, thanks for coming down and making the trek down from from Edina to to be live in studio at south of the border in Lakeville.
4: Yeah, just give me a call. Thanks, fellas.
2: Yeah, thanks Hazer. Evie, let's move into our lock bets of the week. We're going to stick with the US PGA Championship. Um, Looking at the spreads and the money lines, I'm not going straight up. I'm taking Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, and Jordan Spieth at plus 650 versus the field. I think three of those guys, one of which needs his first major, Spieth, uh, looking to make a little comeback and complete the Grand Slam. Um, I, I just think that's, that's a decent three players that could contend for the championship this weekend. Uh, three guys who have been competing in the top 10, 15 finishes all year, plus 650 Fowler, Rose and Spieth. Okay. Yeah, no, those are definitely some solid picks.
0: I'll probably take the same approach, but for me, like I said, I like Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson this week. Um. But I'm going to move down to the Tier 2 type bet. I like the Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka. I do like Brooks Koepka to sneak up there and 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 win. He won the, the U.S. Open this year at Shinnecac. But I'm going to take Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka 800 against the field. I, I, I'm just so high on Justin Thomas this weekend. Coming off a win last week, trying to defend his crown in St. Louis
2: for the PGA Championship. So I'm going to take those two at plus 800 against the field. Were there any prop bets on Justin Thomas asking... To have a fan removed, I don't know. I, I didn't, didn't see, see any yet. yet but look there, into that. <laughs> there might be some. That might not be a bad lock bet to take. I would take that. Uh, I know you would take that because you don't I, love I do JT. Like, I do not like him, but
0: I just think as a betting as a betting man, I I got to put the money where it's where it's gonna be, and I can't bet with my heart because my heart would say no.
2: Gotcha. Well, those are our lock bets this week, Evan. Let's finish it out with our dump and chase of the week. Uh, a former star. In Hollywood, the Mighty Ducks goaltender, Goldberg, uh, the former child star, was just booked for public intoxication over the weekend. Um, I, I know he had some drug addiction in the past. I don't really want to touch on that because no drug addiction is good at no. any level. But this guy, man, he's just he's, – I looked up to this guy, man. He was a
0: hero. He was Goldberg, for fuck's sake. He he was Goldberg. Between the pipes, you knew that they were probably maybe going to get six or seven in, but you knew Banksy and Conway were going to put in eight on the other end. He wasn't wasn't necessarily the stud between the pipes. Uh, A little bit of a mouthpiece. They pushed him around a lot, but goldberg was was
2: was the type of the type of sean hart in that the, the rotating tendy that you have there there's a little beef between goldberg and the cat and i don't know if, if that's something where there's some off the ice issues and they're they're mixing it up in the bedroom maybe yeah. and you know, I know he didn't get outside of you know the set and the stage of hollywood lights if something yeah. impacted there but this guy man uh to, Please, t- to to touch on that quickly I think there was some stuff going on between Goldberg and the cat uh but she
0: she is a stealthy cat we know that she was probably they were mixing it up between the sheets but she knew that she could get to him in a way where she could probably take over as the number one in between the pipes but that quarter that uh quarterback still on fantasy here but that that goaltender duel uh was was what made the show and, and eventually Goldberg took over the starting reins but what a downhill spiral Sean Weiss, a.k.a. Goldberg, has had in the past 20 years,
2: 25-plus years since the movie. Yeah, and, and the poor guy, I mean, it looks like he had it coming to him. He was picked up, with found with methamphetamine Ugh, uh, in, in a it. former arrest, but his mugshot came out from his arrest this weekend. He's not looking good. He's in rough shape. He looks no. about 150 pounds, soaking wet uh the poor guy i don't know what's to come with them but this podcast sadly is going to dump and chase on goldberg yeah it's, this isn't a a full-on you know we're dumping and we're
0: chasing this is just a it's a soft dump and chase we really hope this guy seeks the help that he needs uh he was a like we said we looked after this guy when we were younger uh he was kind of seen as as the glue to that team uh other than other than banksy but, yeah, we, unfortunately, we have to dump and chase on, on our childhood uh, goaltender from Mighty Ducks, uh, Goldberg. But, uh, yeah, that wraps us up with another week of the Dump and Chase podcast. Tune in next week. We'll have a full-on episode covering the PGA Championship and the first week in a preseason. In the NFL, as well as some more MLB as we get down the final stretch, the final, you know, 40 games plus. The in hunt the, in the, MLB. For October. the hunt for October is what we're calling it and what they call it in the MLB. But that wraps it up, and we'll see you guys here next week. Peace. To
1: university, I pulled up in B. Mama how Howard filled up with bags of Hercules Soon as I finished pissing, I put the seat down Oh my mama, be done, cut my damn ass out Only child, no siblings, no besties I couldn't do nothing right like a lefty Bought my mama first house with the jewel, man Bought my mama second house with the club, man Me and mama used to chop out the same house Used to eat and go to sleep on the same couch Me and mama got busted at the same same time. When the court and told you the damn same lies, I can tell mama proud of her only son. Two chains, I have always won more than one. Yeah, I'm real, I'm ill, you know you gotta feel. You popping peel, I'm real than $2 bills. Yeah, I'm just trying to make my mama proud. i yeah, proud, I ain't trying to let my mama down. Yeah, I'm just trying to make my mama proud. Yeah, I ain't trying to let my mama down.